big story in Ottawa today, and one I know a lot of people in Alberta will be watching closely. Today, the public inquiry into the uh, well, the very controversial decision to invoke the Emergencies Act has begun. It's underway as we speak right now, and uh, it's going to be very closely watched. There is, We know that. There's no question about it. Um, the commissioner, Paul Rollo, and his staff started proceedings today explaining just how things are going to work, okay, before the witnesses actually begin testifying tomorrow. It's kind of like opening statements today. In his opening remarks, he urged everyone involved, everyone involved to work together so that Canadians can learn some things. Uncovering the truth is an important goal. When difficult events occur that impact the life, lives of Canadians, the public has a right to know what has happened. But inquiries are also forward-looking. They seek not only to understand what has occurred in the past, but also to learn from those experiences and to make recommendations for the future. So there's your broad strokes, what the expectations are today. And this is going to be an exhaustive inquiry. As I said, I expect it to last several weeks, at least until the end of November. Um, Dozens and dozens and dozens of witnesses, tens of thousands of documents. It's going to be... Uh, very in-depth, very lengthy, and very political. I don't think there's any question about that. And some of you on the text line are already pointing out, you have reservations about how this will play out, and so do I. I think the political spin around this will be enormous, and I'm hopeful, very hopeful, that those involved in conducting this inquiry will be able to somehow cut through all of that and actually just focus on the facts at hand. Um, For some help on how this all works, we're going to chat now with Laura Stevenson, who's a professor in the Department of Political Science at Western University. Um, Laura, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us. Happy to be here. So this inquiry, let's just start. This is this is not being done for any other reason than it has to. When you invoke this law, which the Trudeau government did for the first time ever, you must have a public inquiry within a set time, right? This is just how it works. Yeah, that's correct. This is a built-in part of the act. Um, and so it's just, you know, kind of the government checking up on itself. And you can imagine that when the act was first passed, this was put in as type of a, a um, not a fail-safe, obviously, because it didn't prevent it from happening, but a, a check on the powers of the government. Yeah, that's what it is. Sort of like, okay, well, you have the power, you're you're allowed to invoke this act, but you're going to have to explain it down the road, right? And uh, we've never done this before. So it's like you say, it's just sort of, it's built in to make sure that there's some accountability. That's correct. So the focus of this inquiry, how does it work? What, like, what's the question before them or what are the questions? What, what is the focus of this inquiry? Uh, well, obviously, I'm, I'm not taking part in it directly, but I can imagine that um, what's going to uh, come out is, a, you know, a kind of a, a full narrative of who knew what when and what was going on. And, you know, the ideas that Trudeau is putting forward is that, like, they had to call this. They, they, this was the only way things were going to happen. And is that actually true, right? So there can be a number of ways to look at that, um, the, you know, looking to see what other levels of law enforcement and authorities were or were not doing. Um, was it, in fact, left to the federal government to step in? Were there other options? Um, and also, you know, does this constitute or uh, an emergency under the Act? I think there might be different minds on that. And so I think we'll hear some different perspectives there. I think it's going to be fascinating to see who is involved and who actually testifies. As I said, uh, Tamara Leach on the list, Pat King on the list. Those are two of the convoy slash organizers. You've got Prime Minister Justin Trudeau maybe involved, the mayor of Ottawa. I mean, we're going to be hearing from anybody who is even remotely connected to this. That should be really interesting and could be potentially very, 
I don't know if explosive is the word, but controversial at the very least. I think that's a good way of putting it. I mean, as you mentioned, this this kind of inquiry has to happen. So it's not that it's being driven by partisan considerations, right. yeah. but you know, the the convoy itself and the protest had a lot of uh, partisan tinges to it. And so you're right. That's you know what people say and how they present themselves and their behaviors. I think are going to be um, carefully watched and interpreted in maybe even contradictory ways. I think that's going to be the very interesting part. I mean, there will be parties on both sides of the argument that you just laid out that will use this as a political tool, right? We need to be aware of that and careful about that. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with that. And this is something to to pay close attention to, I guess, right? Because uh, the inquiry itself is hopefully going to be uh, nonpartisan in its report. Um, it's the spins on that report that are what we need to pay closer attention to. And, you know, if we want to really understand the root of this and, uh, you know, whether or not this act should have been used just in terms of, like, the powers of the federal government, right, from a completely abstract point of view, yeah. then it's important that we don't uh, tinge things with, you know, oh, I really don't like Trudeau, therefore he shouldn't have used it. Oh, but wait, if my person wasn't in power, then they should have, you know what I mean? That kind yeah. of thing is, there's the partisan bias is, is hard to get rid of, but it's really important in these cases that, you know, this act was put in place for a reason. And any government could be called upon or could be in a position to use it in the future. And so we got to think about ways to make sure we set precedents um, now uh, for what is appropriate and inappropriate use that can be carried for reg- forward regardless of who's uh, sitting in. in I, think you, I, I think you're so right. And I think that that's the risk that we run here. This is going to be turned into perhaps one of the biggest political footballs this country has seen in a very, very long time. Um, do you think the inquiry? can somehow insulate itself from that. I mean, the inquiry's just got to focus on the job at hand, right, and make sure that with all the noise and the partisan squabbling that we know is going to happen, we should be able to find just the narrative of this is what happened, this is what the inquiry is finding, and, and they'll make their determination. And we should be able to put the parties, you know, bickering aside, do you hope? I mean, I, I think that uh, the people who are going to be um, doing the work of the inquiry uh, will have that top of mind. You know, um, you know, th- this is not a job to be taken lightly, no. and I'm sure that people are taking it and the nonpartisan aspect of it extremely seriously. Um, again, it's the spin that I would be looking for. And, you know, obviously media will interpret things, as you guys do mm-hmm. appropriately. You're, you're important source of information for us. But it's also what the, the party uh, leaders say and what the politicians say, um, maybe even how the premiers weigh in. I mean, all those kinds of things are important. And and it's reporting on those reactions sometimes that can take away from the actual content of the the inquiry's work itself. So, you know, I, I hope that we can all spend some time reading <laughs> what was probably going yeah. to be a fairly dry document in the end <laughs> format, just because they typically are. But, you know, if we can focus on that, I think then maybe we can keep our eye on the ultimate prize here. I think you make such a good point, though, because, I mean, if you want to, you can watch it live on globalnews.ca right now. I don't know how many people will today, <laughs> let alone for six or seven weeks. So we're going to be subjected to the explosive moments. We're going to be subjected yeah. to the social media snippets. Um, yeah. And those are going to be the overwrought, hyper-partisan things that you and I say could derail this whole process. 
possibly. Um, <laughs> but again, you know, cooler, hail, cooler heads could prevail. And, you know, I do think that we, we all found this to be a very serious um, event in Canadian politics and Canadian history. And so, uh, you know, I think people are going to be pretty responsible in how they think about it. I hope so. Uh, Laura, great insight. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. That is Laura Stevenson. Laura is a professor in the political science department at Western University. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.